Hello and welcome to the Amateur Skeptics Podcast. This is our Halloween special. With me tonight is the Master of Ceremonies, Ian. Hello, I guess I'm the scariest one of the group, so I get to head this one up. Absolutely, you are the scariest. And he only looks to the light, Sean Smith Ford. And of course, I am your host, Brian. How are you guys doing tonight? We're doing good. Good. Yeah, doing good. All right. So this is our Halloween special, and, and of course, as I kind of hinted towards yes. at the beginning there, this is kind of your uh, your forte. You're oh, the yeah. one well, that this is. Uh, yeah. This is your high horse. Yes, your soapbox. Well, Halloween's always been my holiday, after all. And you guys saw my setup in the backyard, which I'm. It looks really awesome at night. You guys have to drive yeah, by at night. Yeah, we, to see we need to come see up. that. Yep, he's got uh, a, he's got a full graveyard and done set up his backyard. The point of which to demonstrate to pass by that he doesn't really think much of Wayne. Would for people not stop by to candy. <laughs> well, and it you know oddly enough it, it matches the dungeon in the basement, but you know that's oh, yeah. a secret. I, I think the shackles in there are actually authentic. You do, huh? Yeah. All right. So where are we starting here? Why don't you tell me? About uh, about Halloween. Why don't you tell me where where it came from? What are the roots of Halloween? All right, well, as everyone probably knows, it is pagan in origin. Although what? it's no more. <laughs> I'm shocked. What was that? Shocked. Yes. Shocked to find but... that there's gambling going on. <laughs> of course, the big part is it's no more pagan than Easter and Christmas. Whoa, whoa, also... whoa, whoa! Back up. <laughs> what do you mean it's no more pagan than Easter or Christmas? <laughs> well, uh, basically, all, all, all through, in fact, actually, if you look at it, I would say that both Easter and Christmas have had more pagan symbolism survive, while Halloween, actually, um, the more pagan stuff has kind of faded to the background, and um, it actually picked up other traditions as it well. With Easter, you still have the Easter bunny and the eggs are pagan, and um, Christmas, the Christmas tree is legitimately a pagan symbol. Uh, absolutely. So, I think that there are others, too, that and we can point. Yeah. Well, I'm sure that we'll talk about those later, but okay, so it's a it's a pagan holiday. It has a lot of roots in uh, from, from the Celtic? Is that? Yeah. Well, it, like I say, it's, it's picked up a lot of stuff over the Okay. Um, but the, the initial um, celebration was a New Year's style celebration. The Feast of Shawin. Shawin. I've always had a hard. Yeah. Um, yeah. And basically, it was a big feast to commemorate the fact that um, it was getting colder, the um, nights were getting longer, you know, just to ha- have a feast at that point of the year. Okay. And um, as the interesting thing is, if you study it, all, all the societies at the time believed in similar stuff about the spirit world. So that's always been one of the things that I found the most interesting. You look at Christian propaganda, they're talking about how, oh my God, I can't believe they believe this stuff about the spirit world. But it's like, no, everyone believes. But they believe that basically, um, but, at uh, this time of the fundamentalist Christians still believe it about the spirit world. Yeah, but the basic um, belief was that at, at this night, borders between um, our world and the spirit world were at their weakest, and so the spirits and demons and stuff could travel between the worlds easiest. Okay. And you know, the the thing is, like I said, that wasn't just a pagan thing. At that that point in time, around the world, pretty much all the cultures believed in stuff like that about the spirit world. Well, so I've I've always found that interesting to be something that the the fundamentalist Christians now they really try to point out about the um, origins. Of. You know, this happened any place where it started to get darker and colder, and as you get you know up towards up north, you, you know they they actually kind of get even more extreme. You know, as you get less and less light, where they you know they would go they'd have a practice where they would have a fire going the whole time so that the the sun could find its way back. So this kind of thing is, is very popular. Um, and right with any 
anybody who is going to be in in a place where it's going to get cold and uh, and and dark. So yeah, all, all the societies had these beliefs. It, it wasn't just pagan, but the pagan is the one that the holiday comes from that we celebrate. Okay. So so this is a pagan holiday, and uh, and of course, as the Christian Church is becoming more dominant, they need to uh, they need to incorporate it somehow. Would, would that be correct? Yeah. Okay. That, well, so yeah, the, the Catholic Church, which um, had really risen to power when um, the Roman Empire converted, um, went and part of their method of conquering was to take over the holidays. Okay. And so they came up with All Saints Day or All Souls Day, okay. which basically follow the, you know the, the idea was hey let's follow the theme of what the holiday already is. And so All All Saints Day was about celebrating you know, or kind of commemorating those who had died the last. All right, so this is so this is their substitute. But right. to do this, they have to incorporate a lot of stuff from the original holiday, and then they have to add something of their own to try and make it unique. So what what was that 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 they did? Um, well, actually, initially, all, all they tried to do was, you know, change the name of what was going on. Um, so it's like the, the difference between the Greek and the Roman gods. They just... Right. Okay. Yep, same rules, just new names. All right. And, in fact, most of the traditions we follow now weren't there back then. You know, they, they had bonfires. The priests would generally dress up in costume to scare away the spirits and stuff. Um, but despite some of the propaganda that's out there, they weren't doing any kind of trick-or-treating stuff. Um, the, the initial idea of everyone wearing costume stuff weren't there. The jack-o'-lanterns were, but um, in fact, if, if you, later on you'll see the propaganda that really screws up the jack-o'-lantern. But um, the jack-o'-lanterns were not made of pumpkins because they could not get pumpkins because pumpkins is a American plant. They didn't exist in the old. Okay. And you'll actually see some propaganda later on that claims the Druids would leave jack-o'-lanterns made of pumpkin in front of these houses after they took a sacrifice. Okay. okay. So, so... Well, there this... was no trick-or-treating, and there was no Milky Way, which proves they weren't civilized. Uh, now, there was um, animal sacrificing going on. There may have been human sacrifice in the time. That's actually a disputed thing. One of the things that come up with that being disputed is the main claiming it were the Romans, who they themselves had just shortly before that given up human sacrificing. And, you know, it, it was more of a propaganda machine. So the, whether or not there was human sacrificing is up for debate at that time. Okay, but there there were animal sacrificing, which is another one of those interesting things that everyone was doing. You know, if you look back at that time frame, every single culture really was participating in animal sacrificing. That's just what you did to appear gods. Okay, even the Christians. Um, well, the Christians are kind of giving it up, but if you look at the Bible, anyone following the Old Testament should have been. Okay. The, you know, Christianity is really what kind of started saying, hey, we don't need to do that anymore. Okay, so certainly well, heck, it's not the you same You follow holiday. the Bible, you're supposed to do animal sacrifice for wedding. Oh, yeah. And, you know, you're supposed to really divide the blood and stuff up properly. And, you know, it's quite interesting if you read the Bible as to how you're supposed to go about performing these animal sacrifices. Well, we still usually sacrifice cows and chickens, so we're okay. <laughs> All right, so we have this holiday that has been adopted um, by the Christian churches, and they've renamed all the little bits and pieces to try and uh, um, incorporate it. And now it's and it's it's primarily you know it's it's as much an adult holiday as a kid holiday. Yeah. So where well, where does that, it go? Okay, so you know you have the early times where you know it, it was basically just a feast. There wasn't that much celebrating to it. Um, it actually. Died down somewhat back in the Puritan age, you know, about the time, you know, beginning of you know, America's found all that. The, the Puritans, you know, didn't really care for it, and it was well, fading away. The Catholics yeah. always kind of followed it, but it wasn't the big, big holiday. Okay. What did the Puritans have as far as what were they going to dress up? <laughs> different written? Oh, John Smith, you've dressed as Miles Standish. 
<laughs> oh, bad. All right. So, so. So it actually kind of faded for a while there. Okay. Although, if you look through this, uh, some interesting history, um, but really, it, it wasn't that big of a holiday. Until you get to America, about, um, when it was the time of the potato famine? That's when it really, because you had all these iris coming over. And that really kickstarted it as a holiday. Okay, and, so so it's, it's adopted as it's kind of reincorporated at the point. And what changes were made at the well, slowly um, you get basically what we see nowadays. It, uh, it, it kind of picked up everything as it went. But then it comes to America with all the little bits and pieces it picked up. Um, and in America, it starts off, and what happens is it, it, you know, it becomes kind of a violent holiday. The kids go around and um, start pranking and really causing a lot of damage. So the idea is, uh, comes to mind that hey, let's take, let's go from some um, interesting traditions called um, soul cakes and create trick or treating. What soul cakes were, it initially started with the um, the homeless people would go around to the different houses and um, ask for a soul cake and give them a soul cake with the idea that the, um, these people would pray for your family and pray for your loved ones that have died that go to heaven, stuff like that. And so, you know, it was actually kind of, at that point considered, you know, a, a very charitable thing. You give the cakes to the um, homeless and the, the beggars and they would, you know, give you extra prayer for family. Okay. And, One of the way, let me ask a question from the reading that he did. Uh, part of, part of, I guess the giving out of candy seemed to arise from people leaving a bowl of, of something out as a, as an offering maybe. The, yeah, that was also in there. The, the, it's interesting how many different things get merged okay. for this. Because, you know, like I said, you're looking at traditions from, you know, thousands of years merging together as it went. And, yes, there was also the idea that um, in order to appease the spirits, leave offerings on your front part. Well, and it came right. out of anecdotes anyway, and people kept getting the pieces of the anecdotes and putting it back together. I mean, the, yeah. it, it, is, nothing was written. Which is where we get trick-or-treat. You give right. the trick-or-treaters a treat so they don't play a trick. Right, right, but it's a mixture of so many different things. It, it's the the offerings. It's the soul cake thing because the soul cake thing. The kids started doing it as well. You know, the kids would start going from house to house and asking. And so you take that and then you take the offering thing and you basically have trick or treat. Which trick or treating is the most pure Americanized idea put into Halloween, really. Okay. It's saying, you know, we'll take all this stuff from before and we'll redo it and we'll say, okay, let's get the kids to stop tricking everyone because that's what they were doing. You know, they were going around vandalizing and say, hey, listen, instead of tricking, go to house to house and ask for a treat. Now they just commit their vandalism on the day before. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, so, and and also this, what I was talking about is it became a more secular holiday. Yes. Although the majority of the religious aspects are gone, although the Catholic Church in general still does celebrate it. And it's one of the, you know, of all the Christian dominating, yeah, all the Christian groups, the Catholic Mm -hmm. Church really is um, one of the more aggressive celebrating Halloween, which at first I found surprising, but if you study the history of Halloween, it makes sense because it really was a Catholic holiday. Okay. So now we have so, this secular holiday yeah. where kids go door to door asking for candy. Um, you know, and the lights being left on is kind of like, you know, them leaving the candles so that the, you know, the, the spirits can find their way back. So we incorporate that right. with, you know, leaving a light out front. And now the kids are going door to door asking for candy and, and dressing up on, on this day. Right. Okay. So is that? I mean, are, are we are we there yet? Can we move on to the good stuff? That, that's yeah, well, that's the basic, and I'll, I'll quickly tell the story of where the Jack Lantern gets its name, which I didn't actually include a link to, but I actually like. I've always liked the story. Um, this guy Jack basically tricked. Um, it, it, it's an old myth, but he tricked the devils in a. Car, I believe it was in a card game, and um, 
in the aftermath of it, when he died, he goes, he's down in hell, and the devils are like, well, no, we don't want you in here. We don't like you. Go away. And um, as he's leaving, they throw a hot coal at him. Well, he picks up the coal and puts it in a little turn-up lantern, and that guides his way from there on, because he's kind of a trapped soul. He's um, not good enough for heaven, and hell won't take him because they don't like him. Oh. And so that's where you get the um, story of the jack-lantern, and it was heaven, a turn-up. Heaven doesn't want him, and hell's afraid he'll take over. <laughs> I guess. In fact, he's actually a character I'm thinking of using in um, some of my fiction here. I, I, I like the character. There's something interesting about him. But, and well, so that's where the name Jack Lantern comes from. Okay. There's so right. many different stories about about Jack, Jack of this, Jack of that, Jack yeah. the Giant Killer. All these myths have have that that one kind of central character. So Yeah, the, the a trickster kind of yeah, that's more more powerful. Yeah, yeah, it's an interesting character, and like I said I definitely plan to use them. Okay, so and actually, you just give me some interesting connections. But we'll move on. Okay, so now, right. so now, um, see. So now we have the basic origins of Halloween. That's right. how it went from the basic Celtic origins to what we have nowadays. And yes, we did skip a bunch, but to do the research and to actually put it all in will probably take a couple hours. Yeah, well, the links are there. I mean, people can yeah, go we'll, and fill up, fill those pieces in. Yeah. Um, so if you want. Well, the, the, we well, I, we're putting up quite a few links for all of this so that anyone that wants to can hunt down this information the way I did. Although I found more links, regretfully a lot of the links that I originally had had gone bad in the time frame from when I found them a couple years ago. Because I've been doing research on Halloween for some time now because, you know, even before Amateur Skeptics came along, I wanted my argument to be good. I wanted to have the information. And I have debated Halloween in the past. And so, you know, I hunted down every bit of information I could about Halloween so that when I make my arguments about, you know, why Halloween is such a great holiday, I'd have it all in hand. Okay. So why don't Mac and I go through the myths and then you can and you can fill in with any myths that we... Okay. okay. You to do the first one? Yeah, go ahead. All right. Well, the first thing that we came up with here was the myth of Samhain, Celtic god of the... Um, bottom line is there was never any such god as Samhain. Samhain actually means summer's end, basically a harvest myth. Right. Now, there may have been a... Um hero, you know, a mythological character by that name, but he he wasn't a god, he just, you know, like in any mythology, he was mortal that got caught up in the greater scheme of things. Okay. So um, if you go through the research, it was, I wish I could access these files, my computer's funky, but um, it does mention in one of the links we give, it does mention where it looks like this originated from, and it was just one m- mention that was probably someone screwing up um, in some Christian fundamentalist um, writings about it, and, you know, nothing, no facts or anything to back it up, but it got picked up and turned into a larger-than-life story. You look at the links at the bottom that are the propaganda links I, I put out, I think every single one of them mentions him as um, the god of death. Okay, but this is not one of the one of the myths that people say, oh, I don't let my kids go trick-or-treating, that they pull out. Right. No, the first thing they pull out is uh, razor blade and apple. How about that one? Poison candy, razor blade, and apple. Yes. Oh, that, that's and um, you still hear about it year after year. Um, I th- what started my debate on Halloween a few years ago was this one lady who was claiming how evil Halloween was, and that every year you hear countless stories about you know the ca- kids are always getting poisoned every year. You hear all the stories. Hey, you know, I know someone personally. I was told to only go to people's houses that I, because they, they wouldn't and, put a razor blade in the. 
they wouldn't poison the candy. Which is completely the opposite of the, um, what the facts ended up being. Well, I know uh, what the right. facts are here. The facts are that parents wanted to make sure that they looked over kids' candy and pulled out what they wanted before they give it back to kids. Mm. That's it, plain and simple. <laughs> well, the thing is, this is an old myth. Um, you know, it's apparently, from the sound of it, it's probably been around since the birth of trick-or-treating. Um, but it's been used. There's um, been the, the most famous example was right around, I think it was 1974, so the year I was born. So I would have been only a couple weeks old at um, that time. This father, um, who basically was trying to scam the insurance company, um, poisoned some pixie ticks. Pixie sticks. That's a tongue twister for me. Hold on a second. Poison pixie sticks. Isn't yes. that redundant? <laughs> <laughs> well, for, sugar for, is not necessarily poison. Oh, you're not a diabetic. <laughs> True. And he basically put them in to, to make it look random. He actually, um, his the, his son and daughter, the two people he, he actually was targeting, and some of their friends all got him. The son's the only one that ate him, and the son died from him. Um, this guy did get tried and has been executed for the murder, but the initial thing was he was claiming, oh no, it's a random Halloween poison, but they were able to trace it back to him. All like right. I said, he attempted to kill his daughter as well and didn't care about if he killed neighborhood kids, but it was targeted. You know, he knew his main targets. He threw it in the others to make it look like, oh, it was random. And, you know, by pure luck, um, the kids apparently didn't like pixie stick. Huh. Okay, so that's pretty much so. So there is an incident, but it's pretty much. But it's he, targeted. He knew his victims. It, in fact, if you look, I have what four links to um the facts about this, and they all talk about how there being um seventy eight, I think, cases that were actually investigated, and only out of two of those was there an actual death. And in both those cases, they were able to, you know, the one I, we just talked about, and I think the other one talked about um, the kid getting a hold of the parents' heroin. And there's been other cases like that. The kids get a hold of the parents' drugs that apparently the parents have left out, get sick, and the parents, of course, want to blame random Halloween poisoning. And it turns out, oh, actually, your kid got a hold of some drugs. Where would he have gotten this from? Oh, not in our house? No. Oh. And, of course, they blame random, random Halloween poisoning. What happened to yeah, and the stuff like a young girl basically had a heart attack, not because of anything she ate, but you know, hey, she fell over dead on Halloween. Let's blame the candy. And it's like, no, it had nothing to do with the candy. She didn't put anything in her body. She apparently, you know, had heart failure. It happens. So what about although my what about the razor blade in the apple? Oh, uh, we'll get to that. I, I okay. want to follow up with um the Halloween ones. Actually, if you guys would open the Snoop document, Snoop, because I've got it. Yes. Hey, I um, do want to. I do want to mention something. I actually have an anecdotal story from my family about not adulterated Halloween candy, but something being passed off as Halloween. Okay. Uh, my older brother, and this was part of the part of the whole only go to houses you know, only take something that wrapped, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Uh, my older brother got given some chocolate candy to a back in a laxative. <laughs> awesome. And suffered through a very, very minute. <laughs> because yeah, of came at, and that was chocolate. probably a practical joke by friends. I don't, I don't know, but obviously my parents never knew who did it, but it was chocolate mm. X-Lax as well. Right. So, Anyways, if, if scroll... it says X-Lax on the package, not candy. Okay, scroll down to the bottom of the Snoop's page is where it has a story that I really like about this postal work, who um, basically what happened was they had one of those post office um, auctions where they auction off the undeliverable mail. Well, the postal worker for, set off for a couple bucks, I'll go ahead and get the um, bags of stickers. Because, you know, Halloween's coming. Might as well have um, something put out. You know, save a few bucks. Donate to the post office kind of thing. Well, so all night he's given out these snicker bars. 
Well, uh, apparently, he what he didn't know was what he was giving out were blocks of marijuana. <laughs> and he wondered why the kids kept coming back for candy. <laughs> and so... Really, anything he had. <laughs> and so, of course, needless to say, the parents were a bit concerned, called the police, and l- luckily, you know, there was evidence, yeah, he bought those from the post office auction. Um, but in there, um, I forget where it is, it actually gives information of where, but you, you got to figure, you know, it really... Ah, uh, some of the stuff that goes on. But in that case, he was complete, supposedly completely ignorant. We'll take his word for it. Oh, come on. He, but, if, if, if he knew what it was, he wouldn't have been passing it out to kids. He would have been true. selling it to, you know. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I can see it right now. I said, please, wait a moment. What was the street value of what I gave out? Exactly. Now, I'm not sure which ones. One of the links I have also mentions a um, situation where a woman back in, I think it was late 60s, was upset with all the older trick-or-treaters that were out. She felt it was supposed to be kids. So what she made for the older trick-or-treater was a bag of stuff they wouldn't want. And one of the things in there was a thing of rat poison. On it, it clearly said, rat poison, do not eat, had the big skull and crossbones and stuff. And she gave it out to the as a bag of other stuff. It wasn't just like, here's rat poison, but it was stuff that she knew um, you know, no one would really want. It was supposed to be a joke to kind of um, show that she, she was against the older kids trick-or-treating. Okay. Um, and that doesn't quite qualify as random poisoning because he wasn't trying to poison them. So he was trying to send a message. Okay. So now onto the razor blades and the apples. Yes, please. Um, once more, n- no instances of that have ever been reported. There have been, um, if you look through the thing, there was one time a needle found in a piece of candy. Um, nothing to sewing signify needle. Yeah. sewing needle, not a not a hypodermic. No, no, the sewing needles were in the um apples. There was a time where someone bitten an apple and there was a sewing needle. How it got in there? Don't you know? Uh, knitting, not really the thin ones. Big knitting needles bro- broken off in an apple somehow. Um, nothing to indicate that was intentional. Um, you know, it, it's one of those cases you can't really trace down to how it happened. Well, now this and, isn't uh, this is an anecdote ahead. that I had some friends as kids that uh, they had said that um, their uncle or something had had bitten into an apple with a razor blade and and he had a, a lisp and they, they said that's why he had a lisp. Oddly enough, I don't think those people were allowed to. <laughs> So I don't know if it was just something they told them. So right. Well, that's the thing. That's what it almost sounds like. Yeah, is absolutely. It's probably one of those things that let's scare the kids and tell them that's why the uncle has a list. Right. That's kind of what I think probably. Yeah, that's what it sounds like to me. But there was also a case of a needle. It doesn't really, you know, I'm guessing like a you know metal sewing needle somehow that got in the candy. But once more, that was one of those cases where it happened, you know, only one candy had it. You know, it, it sounds like, you know, accidental kind of, because, it, it, you know, there wasn't a mass report of it happening everywhere, you know. And some that's one of the problems with some of those is you can't really trace it. But if it only if it happens to one, you know, you don't have a whole neighborhood report. You have one, you know, one piece of candy with that. That doesn't, you know, that doesn't say random Halloween poison. That says something happened to that one piece. We don't know where. And it makes for a really good story. Yeah. And that's what happens. It becomes stories. You know, oh, you know, look, you know, all, all, all the kids that year must have gotten it, I, you know. And they blow it out of proportion. But um, basically, within the, the case like that, though, no intent was, could be proven because it didn't make sense on why, you know, you just put a needle in, it's going to hurt the kid, probably not kill him, and it's not happening everywhere. So while there are a few cases where something happened to the candy, there's been no cases of this being a mass thing, it's being a regular thing, N- nothing to say that, you know, the, the parents are, are, are an adult is trying to kill kids with Halloween candy. There's never been anything to defend that in any way, shape, or form. 
Except the so, 66. Well, but that was directly targeted. That wasn't random. That, that, that's the big difference that you have to understand that people need to see. Random Halloween poisoning, there's never been a, a um, case of. Okay. The, the few, you know, it's been targeted. And so, that, you know, that, that's a whole different thing. And, you know, people target, you know, I'm, I'm sure people have tried to poison people during Christmas, stuff like that. That's targeted. That's not saying, you know, Christmas is evil because someone tried to poison me um, by giving me eggnog that had something in it. You know, that doesn't mean you stop drinking eggnog. All right. Anything else to say about that, or have we pretty much covered that? I think that's we pretty much been covered. And we have, we have plenty of resources on, um, on our site. You know, yeah. I have four different links, and they pretty much all agree with each other. These are four different sources. I've gone out, done the research, looked it up. And um, that argument I had a couple years ago with the woman that got me really started on this. You know, I did this research. Um, she claimed she personally knew a girl that that year had gotten poisoned by Halloween candy. And I confront. I, I'm trying to confront. I was like, listen, give me a name. Be, you know, tell me so I can go and search this. I, I knew the area where this woman lived in, which was somewhere in Arizona. So what I did was I contacted Arizona newspaper. I was asking, listen, have, have you know, did this happen? None of the newspapers know it, which if this actually happened, a girl got rushed to a hospital for uh, Halloween poisoning, the police would have been involved, which means the media would have probably picked it up because there would have been a manhunt. You know, this kind of thing would have been swept under the rug. And no one knew about it. And I, I kept trying to confront her. And it's like, listen, give me a name. Give me something. And she couldn't. So she kept trying to dodge it. I said, oh, I don't want to invade the privacy. I'm like, it's a, it'd be a legal thing at this point. The privacy's dead. You know, they'd, I would think they'd want it out in the open. They'd want people to know, hey, it happened. You know, but there was nothing. And I've seen this elsewhere. I've seen other people practically invent the story. Oh, I know a person personally, but they don't have any detail. So if, if anyone ever tells you, I know of someone or I've heard of someone, that was poison, they got the um, razor blade, something like that, I can almost guarantee you, if you try and, you know, dig in, you will find no details about it. It will be this vague thing that they heard about and decided that must be true. Except my story about the X-Lux. <laughs> yeah, but that, like I said, sounds like a personal prank. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I, I, I can again, see... Once again, the sites that refute the Halloween candy poisoning are Mars.com, Hershey's.com. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't think Snoops does any, um, um, what would we call that? Uh, actually, Snoops is an excellent resource for anything that is urban myth related. Um, yes. They are fantastic debunkings. And as far as I know, that they, they don't take um, bribes to alter their information. So This is pretty I'm good. I'm sure that Hershey's couldn't make a... Um, charitable contribution to them to get them to alter the facts. If you if you um, Google poisoned Halloween candy, first thing that comes up is the first thing. Yeah. And and then uh, the next thing is uh, Wikipedia, which also looks like it's uh, spelling. And then Halloween. I don't know. If, yeah. any, if any Halloween candy were actually supposed to actually intended to have razor blades or pins in it, that would probably be some sort of ill-conceived one. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's getting a bit dark. So, actually, one that's not here that I'll mention real quickly is um, animal sacrifice. According to some of the propaganda out there, you have cults that every year on Halloween um, get together and perform ritualistic animal sacrificing. There are no active groups in the world right now that practice animal sacrifice. There are um, people who have mental illness, but any basic religion out right now in the world, there's not a single one that actively engages animals, even on Halloween. That not even uh, not even the uh, the voodoo religions. Voodoo gets a bit funky if you start trying to look up voodoo because it's not that organized, and okay. the majority of voodoo religions actually do not practice animal sacrifice. That comes from some extremes of it. Where else are you going to get a black cat bone? 
uh, a black cat that died of natural causes. I don't think it'd be as powerful. <laughs> I, I, I've never really gotten too heavily in voodoo, so. Well, you know what? But, I mean, we all need our mojo back. You know, and other things I've come up with, they talk about um, increase in um, people being hit by cars on home. And yes, there is an increase because there's more people out on the street. There are more people walking. There are more people driving because there are more people out on Halloween. And I'm going to say no what. more people dressed in dark costumes, too. Right. And basically, you know, something like, if you're concerned with something like that, use common sense. Bright costs, flashlights, uh, look each way before you cross the street, stuff like that. You know, there's common sense that prevent that from. But, yes, there are more people um, going to get hit by cars on a night where there's more people out and about. That's just common. You know, there's a, uh, there's a story my wife likes to tell about uh, when we lived in the house where we live, before we, where we live now. And it was, it was Halloween. She's sitting out on the front steps, and she sees the Spectrum Reaper down the street. And this, this tall, thin, lurching figure carrying a scythe, and he walks up to her. Says hi, goes upstairs and gets undressed because it was upstairs neighbor. <laughs> she said, but she watched him walk all the way down the street and she just couldn't. <laughs> she she just sit sitting there going, okay, this is really weird. <laughs> so uh, I'm I suppose it would be a creepiness. You know, the Grim Reaper is coming for you. <laughs> Let me jump back here on you. Did you mention the guy's name? Which that, guy? That, that actually poisoned. No. His name is Ronald Clark O'Brien, and he was convicted of murdering his son, Timothy, um, I assume, O'Brien. And uh, um, I guess he also tried to um, to poison his daughter, Elizabeth, who did not eat the can. Right. And he had distributed a couple of others well. You look up his last word, I find that that guy had to, he claimed that this was some sort of um, injustice that he was being um, put to death for his crimes like that. And it's like, wow, this guy's just Leo Sicko. Yeah. All right, go. I'm sorry. We can move forward. All right. So um, that's the basic, you know, truth of Halloween. What we have then is some of the sites that try and promote the lies. Um, I, I hunted down some of the um, comic strip thing, the tracks that um, show them. And those, if you want a good laugh, read those and try to take seriously. Because you can't. It is just, I have never quite gotten to say they're such jokes. They really just don't even try to make sense. They take every little bit of um, propaganda and misinformation and put it together and try and pretend it's real. And so I put those on just because I find them funny as a, because you cannot tear asleep. A lot of ghost this is just ridiculous. I'm looking yeah. at one of these chick tracks right now, in fact. Um, one of the links you put up here, let me go ahead and, and uh, address something in here. Halloween, a dark holiday. Mm-hmm. They're talking about the uh, god Sammy, which right. there we is already no. covered. And they believed Makola, their sun god, was losing strength, and Sam Bane of death was overpowering. Further, they believe that on October 31st, Sam Bain, that's the correct, that's the spelling they've got in here, assembled the spirits of all who had died during this year, that these spirits had been confined to inhabit animal bodies as punishment for evil deeds, and they were allowed to return to former home to visit the living on October 1st. Uh, the uh, Muk Ola was not a Celtic son. Muk Ola was actually like a legendary in Celtic followers, but he was not a son. So I, I'm just... All I'm, yeah, well, is I'm, just happy. I'm just happy that champsof.com did their research for putting this up. <laughs> yeah, so right off the bat, you know, the, the first thing they say is filled with stuff that, uh, you know, is way off. And yet they'll, they, they'll keep going with that and just keep trying to make their claims no matter how bad the information is. So they put so, on, go ahead. Uh, so the card supposed to This is, is this, this champsof.com is it? They've got the Bible versus Halloween. And, you know, first of all, 
it says, let's let the Bible speak for itself on this demonic festival. Well, there was no Halloween when the Bible was written, so I don't think it could actually speak. But, you know, they're they're taken out of context anyway. So, hey, they've even associated Dracula the vampire with Satan. Okay. It's awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like I said, the, the stuff they come up with, it's, and the scary thing is there are people that believe it. You know, that's one reason why I wanted to do this special was, you know, there are people out there who still buy into this stuff and they don't care, you know, what the truth is. Like, you know, you know, you can present a million facts and they're going to still try and claim it's an evil holiday. But, you know, we were talking yesterday and my main philosophy, as I told you guys, is it doesn't matter what the origins of the holidays are. It doesn't matter what traditions are. It doesn't matter how the main population celebrates them. What matters about holidays is what they mean to you and how you celebrate. And I, I don't, you know, I don't care if people dislike Halloween. They can. That's their right. They don't have to celebrate. No one's forcing them. To. I like it. I'm going to celebrate it. I'm going to make sure my kids enjoy it. And they've been loving helping me set up stuff this year. I'm going to take them trick-or-treating. I'm going to have one hell of a great time doing it. Uh, and, and, you know, th those that don't want to join in, fine. But don't try and make up bullshit that is just so outrageous, so full of it, just because you don't like a holiday. You know, just be honest. Say, listen, I don't agree with it. I don't like it. I'm not going to celebrate it. And that's all you need to do. Be honest and say, it's not for me. But you come out and you make out bullshit, you pass along this bullshit, you promote this bullshit, it pisses me off because it's insulting. And yes, I will call people on it. And that's what this, you know, to me, that's what this podcaster is about. We're calling these people on it saying, listen, this is crap. We're tired of it. You don't like the holiday? Fine. Say you don't like it, back off and, you know, show some integrity. All right. Well. <laughs> so do you want to talk about Hell Houses now? Yes, let's talk about, let's Hell, talk House. about Hell Houses. No, regretfully, Hell Houses originated um, out in our area. Of okay. world. Are you kidding? I, I'm, I, I know where it is. I can walk to it. And they, they've actually done a documentary movie on me, which I hunted down and watched, and it was ridiculous. Oh, wait. The first Hell House scare mirror uh, still presented each October, created by Jerry Falwell in the late 70s. Oh, so oh, that that's was the first one. Okay. Oh, well, that gets a bit tricky. Um, You'll actually see, if, if you do the research on it, there's a debate as to if he really was, because the guy that um we have a link to, um his church, he kind of took it over and is trying to claim that it's his thing. But yeah, um, it, it, like I say, it gets a bit tricky as to where it really originated from. Okay, but it's full of good stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, it goes to show that uh, that the fear-mongering aspect of Halloween has been reclaimed by the fundamentalists. <laughs> oh, yes, it has. Uh, it's good to see that they're full, they're they're bringing that trend back up. No, once oh. again, this is a, this is a fringe group. I mean, this isn't like it's you know Catholics or or typical Christian. This is once again a very fringe group right. of fundamentalist Christian. Now, in fact, uh, I'd say that they're for even... clarification sake sake by fringe group, we do not mean that they're forming nifty scientific experiments. No, 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 no. Not the good fringe. <laughs> The bad friend. Yes. So anyways, for those who are unfamiliar with the Hell House, the idea is you take the haunted house concept, but you turn it Christian, basically, and it becomes nothing but a huge um, fear tactic to get people to convert to Christianity. You go from room to room, and you see stuff like um, the um, teenager went out partying, got drunk, and... Um, died in a car accident. Uh, you see the gay and lesbian wedding scene where um, they get married and then they um, one of the partners ends up with dying of AIDS. Um, you have the abortion scene where apparently they even have scenes where the, the, an angel's talking to the unborn fetus and stuff yeah. like that. But the initial idea is when the fetus gets aborted, the mother um, 
it goes horribly wrong, and the mother ends up dying because of it. Here's the um, here's the list of common examples that are included: an abortion, okay. suicide, alcoholic beverages, recreational drugs, adultery, premarital sex, occultism, homosexuality, satanic ritual abuse. And so basically, you're led room to room, and you see these setups, and you see the action having happened, and and the person dying, and then at the end, you're generally led by um the devil. The devil's leading you through, talking to you how he's corrupted these people, and how you know, look at how he's manipulating them and stuff. And then at the end, what you have is hell. And all the people you've seen throughout it die are in hell and scream, why didn't I, you know, believe in God? Why did I join the occult? Why was I, why did I choose to be gay? You know, stuff like that. And, you know, all being tortured for all eternity for all their sins and the devil's laughing, laughing, laughing. Then generally the final room, you have Jesus appear before you and offer you salvation. So don't follow the wicked paths that you've just seen. Come join me through these doors. If you chose to, you can join our, cho- our, our church and be saved. And Actually, uh, regarding this, Jesus could not be reached for comment and said he did not know. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it... it it's such a ridiculous thing because, like I said, um, you know, the, the themes are you get the homosexuals get married, they're going to end up with AIDS. All homosexuals get AIDS after, as we all know. And, you know, um, all abortions go wrong. If you have an abortion, you know, there's a real good chance you're going to it's, it's going to be botched and you're going to die. And, and, and that's what it does. It takes a lot of these situations where the facts are way against them and plays it out in, in the worst case scenario. And, you know, they, they use that as a fear tactic to try and convince you that, oh, you know, Anything but our way is evil, and you know it. it, it it's so ridiculous. Well, I, I came up with my own concept called a heaven house, where um one of the scenes would be this nice suburban family sitting there, and the the son um admits to being gay to them. He comes out being gay finally, and instead of the devil, what you see is you see a priest there appear before the father. <gasps> oh my God, he's evil! You must tell him he's evil. Evil, you know the son. The, the son when he comes out is all you know loving and stuff, and, and what you see. Says- and the son says, well, you molested me, the priest. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that could be a scene. But what you see is you see basically the family drive him to suicide. Because one of the things I've often seen statistics thrown out there is how um, often, you know, how there's a higher rate of suicide among homosexuals. But, of course, there's going to be a higher rate of, of suicide among homosexuals. They're a group that's being told left and right how evil they are by even their family at times. You know, every, everywhere they turn, they have these people pointing, you're evil, you're evil. Well, uh, okay. That kind of is the tiny thing that's going to lead people into a state of depression. So what you're telling me, though, is that because Japanese men have a higher um, suicide rate, that, that, su- that Japanese men are gay. <laughs> dentists, have well, a, dentists have a high suicide rate, too. Well, so dentists, do cops. Ah, dentists are gay. Yeah, cops are gay. <laughs> that, that, cops being gay, that that that. That gives me some ideas on how to get out of my next meeting. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. But thank yeah, you. So that non sequitur non sequitur was brought to you by yeah the letters um, and uh, standard disclaimer: we at Amateur Skeptics do not believe all Japanese man dentists, police officers. Yes, definitely not the police officers. <laughs> Except for the ones that are and were okay yes, with it, you. Yes, there's nothing wrong with that. We support you 100. percent so, but yeah, no, that was my concept, to write up a whole script for the uh, Heaven House and have it be that you know, kind of stuff showing, okay, well, this is what religion can cause, you know, and you know, put that out there kind of as a joke to counter the Hell House idea. You know, the Hell House idea is really, really, really sad because essentially what they're doing is the same concept as a haunted house. They're putting people intensely frightening emotional experiences, and then at the end of it, they're offering a savior. So they're playing on weekend emotions right off the bat. Oh, yeah. No, there's no doubt of that. 
And apparently it's quite effective. If you look at it, they talk about how, um, you know, it, like I think they were trying to claim 80% of the people that go through hell houses end up joining the church. That's I don't know how many stay with the church, but I think they were trying, they said like 80%. It's like, wow. And you know who has a better, you know, who has a better conversion rate than that? Church of Latter-day Saints. Because they can convert you to Mormons after you. Mm. That's true. They can't. <laughs> Oh, terrible. That's a 100% conversion rate right yeah. there because everybody dies. Yep. Well, and but only a small portion of them are going to heaven. I don't know why they would want to be converting people after they die. Well, they're converting them after they die so they can so they can achieve salvation. Right, but only what? How, how many how many, a couple hundred? A couple hundred actually get salvation? I don't know the whole one. Uh, Isn't that the one where the the wife can't even come close and her whole purpose is to help her husband get there? Pretty much. All I know is that I'm not going either place. I'm actually opting for open casket burial and coming back as there isn't. I was just thinking we'd dump your body out in some ditch somewhere and hope the um, coyotes take care of it. You know what? From Earth and back to it. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I, I, it was, I think you weren't here on that particular podcast, Ian, but I think it was a podcast name that I was talking about donating my, donating my body to carry Yes. I, I seem to remember that, actually. I did listen to the podcast. One I missed, I was a good boy, and I listened to. What? <laughs> so that's the basic I think we have for Halloween. All right. Uh, you guys have anything else to add? Oh, I did want to mention, I, I mentioned briefly Devil's Night. This actually started in, like, the 1930s. Um, Devil's Night, Mischief Night, it's got different names in different places. But essentially, it's always generally generally associated with October 30th. And it's pretty much a chance for people to cut loose and pull all pranks that they want. Um, it actually escalated in Detroit to the point where there right. was so much arson one year that the uh, that Detroit took steps to counter it and put, like, they countered it with what they called Angel's Night, and they put about 3,000 years out on the streets. And the movie The so Crow actually, um, uses that as part of the plot. Is oh, yes. Crow, incredible movie. Well worth seeing. Yeah. All right. Is there anything else? I, I know we've got a couple of announced here. Oh, always. Um, we're oh, actually, at Mile High Con. We're going to be at Mile High Con. What is that, on the 23rd? Yep. So we'll be at Mile High Con on the 23rd. Um, 10 and p.m., if, uh, right after the masquerade. Yep. Uh, if you've never been to Mile High Con, it's a great experience. I highly recommend it. Okay. And if you want to reach us, you can email us at wtf at amateurskeptics.com, or you can go to the website amateurskeptics.com and find personal contact information if you want to contact any of us individually. Um, and look up Amateur Skeptics on Facebook if you're a member and join our group there. Yep, and you can We're also... we 53 members now. Yep, we can find our, uh, you can find our email or our, our voicemail there as well if you want to... Um, unfortunately, I don't have the number handy. If you want to leave us a voicemail and, uh, and reach us that way. Anything else, guys? No, I think we're good. All right. Happy Halloween, everybody. Happy Halloween. Yep. Thanks All for right. joining us. Good night. <laughs>